This morning, though, is, uh, is a morning that, if you've been around me this week, it's been a wrestling match. And when I say it's been a wrestling match, it's because I get to talk about this idea of I am forgiven. And I am forgiven is a very interesting statement, because I think for so many of us, if there's any of these I am statements that we've kind of struggled with, or that we've kind of related with throughout this series over the last five months, I think this one probably for most of us, would, if we were honest, we would say this is probably the hardest one for me to understand. So here's the thing I'm going to do today. I'm going to preface this by saying I am not an English major, as you've probably witnessed over your time being here. But I do know this. I do know that punctuation matters. I just don't ever use it. Okay? <laughs> So I'm the king of run-on sentences, I'm, uh, you, you name it, but this week, God's really challenged me on this. A punctuation matters when it comes to understanding your identity, okay? So here's the thing. There's this thing called the question mark, okay? Now what's interesting about the question mark is that it is one that when you state something, you're not stating it, you're asking a question, right? So when we say, I am forgiven question mark what does that mean that means we don't know if we believe it or not we have some we we have some questions we have some things that we we're not sure about in this and so when we we tag the end of it with a question mark then we we kind of sit there and go i don't know if i really believe this and if you remember last week after gail got done speaking i said i think sometimes we sing the song how he loves and we put a question mark in there instead of a period and I think many of us do that. Many of us look at these, these different I am statements that we, we've went through, and some of them it's really easy to put a period next to. You know, because a period, what a period tells us is that we, we can stop right there. It's finished, this sentence done, this is something you need to, in my estimation, you believe in now. Or you understand or you agree with. Okay? So we have the question mark and we have the period, and then we have the exclamation point, Right? And so the exclamation point is just a happy period. That's what I, I say, okay? It's excited, right? And so it means, like, I believe this completely. Like, I am forgiven, and if you don't believe me, watch me do this dance type thing. You know, like, that's what the exclamation point is to me. But one guy said it this way. He said, punctuation, uh, punctuation one is taught, has a point. I tried to believe that, but I could never understand that in school. Um, to keep up law and order. Punctuation marks all the road signs placed along the highway of our communication to control speeds, to provide direction, and prevent head-on collisions. And so when we look at punctuation, what we see is statements. We look at these different statements, and and when we look at them through this idea of punctuation, and we, we look at what we put at the end of each statement, it tells a lot about what we believe and who we believe God is saying we are. I think for most of us, we look at it with adopted last week and we go, I'm adopted, question mark. And if there's a question mark there, I would challenge you to open up his word and read through this thing again. Read through Ephesians again, because it's very clear what it talks about, about being adopted. If we struggle with what it means to be blessed and we say, I am blessed, question mark. You got to remember, I think the question mark is put there when we have all the idols. How many remember way back at the beginning, we talked about the different things that we, we use to form our identity. And a lot of them are the things that we have, right? The duties, 
or the, has the opportunities that we have, or the others, or we look through all these different things, or our sufferings, and we look at them and go, well, I'm not really blessed, because if you knew who I was, and you knew my week, and you knew what I'm dealing with, and if you knew what my family was dealing with, then question mark is the, the perfect punctuation for this statement, I am blessed, because I don't know if I believe it. And so today, you're probably wondering, why are we getting this little lesson that is completely wrong? Um, but because I think this, is, this was my challenge this week. And I sat down with some friends, and I, I was kind of discussing some of this this week, because I was struggling with it. Am I forgiven? I am forgiven. Period. Do I live that way, or do I live in a way that says, I am forgiven? Question mark. I think so many times in my life, I've spent living with a question mark next to forgiven. And been like, you know what, that's okay. God's grace and his love, that's good. You know, but there's just certain things that are in my life. There's certain things I just don't know if God's grace and his mercy and his love is big enough to cover these things. I've sat with people in my office, at home, in different places, and I've had people literally sit at, look at me and go, I don't believe God can forgive me of this. Well, if he can't forgive you of that, then he can't forgive you of anything. Right? Because he either forgives you of this or he details out exactly what you're forgiving of and what he can't forgive you of. But God in his grace and his mercy and his love looks at you and goes, I am forgiven. You are forgiven, period. Now let's look at this in the way that we talked about the rhythm. Okay? When we talked about love. And we said, I, the first statement God makes to you and I is, I love you. Well, if we look at it this way with forgiven, he says, I forgive you. And then once we begin to internalize it, then we begin to say, I am what? Forgiven. So that we can go to a world that's, and look at them and say, God wants to forgive you or you are forgiven. You see, there's a rhythm to it. There's a pattern to this as we begin to seek out God and as we begin to surrender our lives to him. And so I think for some of us, if you're like me, this question mark's an interesting one because for forgiven, there's so many things. Because it might not just be, I am forgiven. It might be, have I forgiven that person? Because there's a lot of different situations in my life that I look at and go, I think I've forgiven them. But why do I still have this resentment? Why do I still have this bitterness? Why do I still have this, like, I hope you fail mentality. And God this week put his finger right on it. And today, as we kind of go through all these different things, you're going to see what forgiveness really means. And what it means to receive God's forgiveness and what it looks like when his forgiveness is living and active in our life. There's a guy by the name of Louis uh, Smedes, I think is how you say his last name. He said this, it says, when you release the wrongdoer from the wrong, you cut a malignant tumor out of your inner life. You set a prisoner free, but you discover that the real prisoner was yourself. You see, forgiveness is one of the things that we talk about all the time if you uh, go through the class of wounded. wounded. Because really what wounded comes down to is this. It's, it's helping people learn to forgive. And so the question for me has been this week is, okay, I know this statement, God. And we've talked about this from the very beginning. This idea of we are created in the image of God. And if you remember that from the very beginning, it's like we receive and we give, we give out, 
right? So we're like a mirror that reflects who God is to this world. And so if we've been given love, then we can give love. If we've been forgiven, then we can forgive. And I think sometimes we keep the mirror turned around so we can, re- we can receive forgiveness, but we can't give forgiveness. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, asked him this question in Matthew 18. And some of you are probably very familiar with this story. But he asked him this. He said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. All right? So in other words, what Jesus is saying is you get to continually forgive over and over and over. Oh, and if you don't want to forgive again, well, you get to do it again, and you get to do it again, and you get to do it again. But you don't know what this person did, but you get to forgive them. But you don't know what they did to, you get to forgive them. Over and over and over. And what I do know is this, a lot of times, even though we've received forgiveness, forgiveness is a slow process. Especially depending on how deep the wound is, right? I heard somebody say this week, it's that a scar is not something to hide. A scar is something to say, look, it's healed. It was broken, it was cut, but now it's healed. There might be a scar that reminds you of it, but it is healed. You might have a wound or a mark that that shows you, yes, something happened, but it's no longer open and exposed. It's healed. And I think that's the same way forgiveness is. Sometimes we have these marks that are marked on our lives that may have happened or things that might have happened or you might have done to somebody and you, you're walking around with all these scars and you're like, I'm broken. I, God, can you really forgive what happened here and here and here and here and here? And God's going, there's nothing open. They're all closed. The wound is healed. It's no longer going to hurt your body. And I think you and I, if you're like me, We want to hold on to the scar and go, but look at what happened here. Yeah, what happened is that there was a cut, but that cut healed. And it's no longer an open wound that can be infected, that can cause you to have to have your arm cut. It's it's healed. And so when we look at this story of Peter, Jesus follows it with this story of this this king. You remember this? Where the king calls in um, this this guy who owes him... like millions of dollars. And he comes in and he goes, you know what, I'm going to forgive you of everything. So you can go, you can live your life, this debt that you were going to have to repay, you no longer have to repay anymore, and you are free to go. Now can you imagine, if you owed somebody a lot of money, and they came in and said, you know what, you're free and clear. Let's look at it this way. If you own a house, and the bank came, and they said, you know what, we're going to wipe all your debt out. You'd be like, right? I'm excited. I don't have to pay another house payment. I'm good to go. I'm free and clear. Okay. But the Bible says, Jesus says in the story, he says, then this guy goes out. And then as he's going out, he sees a guy that owes him something. And he says, he goes there and he lights the guy up and demands that the guy pays him back immediately. And one of the king's servants was out and the king's servant saw this man doing this to this other guy, came back and reported to the king. And the king was furious. Because the king had forgiven him of so much. And yet he couldn't even forgive the next guy of the little that he owed him. I think when we look at that story, many of us look like 
the servant that owed much. And even though you and I have been forgiven of way more than we could ever imagine, we go out and we ask for repayment from other people because they've hurt us. And God's, I don't want to say God's furious, but I think it hurts God's heart. Because he's forgiven you of so much, and yet you want to go and get what you deserve. You see, for this week, for me, has been this thing of going, okay, why can't I get past this point? Well, the reason why I can't get past this point, as a friend told me, is because, you know what, you're just not content with where God does have you. So because you're sitting here, because it's not as you expected it to be, now you look at it and go, but that was supposed to be that way. I want vengeance. I want what's mine. Instead of going, oh, God, you brought me to this place. You put me in this moment. Now, God, I get to just enjoy being here. And this week, it's been a struggle. There's been a lot of things. There's been a lot of old wounds that have been popping back up. And I, I know why, because we're talking about forgiveness. And I have to sit up here and I have to tell you how to forgive or what it means to live as a forgiven person. And then I sit here and go, but I'm struggling with this, 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 and this. And God's going, I brought you here to this moment, to this time, so that you can stand right where you need to stand and you can see that you have everything you need. You don't need that over there. You've been forgiven of so much I have given you everything that you need and all you have to do is stay right here. Stop looking over there as if that was the plan. That's not the plan. This is the plan. I might have thought I knew better, but God knew better than me. What I needed. Who I needed to be around. Who needed to be in my life. Who needed to be the closest people to me. And it hasn't been because I brought people in. It's because God has brought people near to us. I want you to look at this for a minute. Look at the people that God's brought into your life lately. Do you see them as a blessing? Or do you see them as a burden? Because I would challenge that the people that God has brought into your life lately are a blessing to you. There's someone that's going to challenge you. There's someone that's going to look at you. And they're going to they're they're look you straight in the eyes. And they're going to go... You're right where you need to be. All this past living, all this stuff that you're trying to live in, the old junk, let it go. Because just like that guy said, once you begin to cut it away and you get rid of that tumor, what you find out is that what, who was the real prisoner was yourself. That's the funniest part about forgiveness, I think, in all of this. Is when we look at forgiveness, we look at it and go, that person did me wrong. And that person may have moved on by now. That person's already gone. He's already doing his thing and doing all that stuff. But who's left held as a prisoner? Is that person holding that person as a prisoner? Nope. Just CJ holding himself because he can't let go. Now, I know what you're saying. You don't know what happened. I don't. But I do know what happened for you. And I do know that there was a Savior who came and died for all your sin, all your shame, all your hurt, all your pain. So that you and I could be forgiven in Christ before our Father. 
So when we look at forgiveness and we look at what it looks like to forgive somebody else, we look at the example that our Father gave us. We look at what Christ did so that you and I could receive what you and I needed to receive. You see, forgiveness for me, as I read the Bible, is a tough one. Because there's some very harsh words that Jesus puts when he talks about forgiveness. Matthew 18, or sorry, Luke 6 says this. It says, do not judge. Sorry, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. See, forgive and you will be forgiven. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable saying this, but this is my thoughts right now. So if I can't forgive somebody else, then God can't forgive me? Because Jesus, over and over again, in, this, in these, the Gospels, he, he says some pretty heavy things. And he, he says in Matthew 6, he says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men or their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Mark eleven twenty five, and when you stand praying or when you stand in a church service and you're trying to worship God, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your heaven, your father in heaven, may forgive you of your sins. I don't know about you, but when I read those verses, it scares me. Because I think of how much unforgiveness I have in my heart towards certain people or towards certain events or towards certain things. And I look at it and I go, Okay, God. I hope your word's not true. (laughs) That's kind of weird to say, right? Because if it's true, then your word says that you, you can't forgive me. Because I can't do the simple thing that you've done for me and the, the bigger thing that you've done for me of forgiving me of everything I've ever done and taking and wiping my slate completely clean and then I go out and find somebody that owes me something and I beat them to the ground until they give me what I want back is messed up it's really really messed up and really what it comes down to is that my identity who i think i am is wrapped up in what that person has so even though the king has freed me and wiped my debt clean this person is holding the very thing that i want for my identity and so i don't care what has happened over here he's got something and i want it back And God's going, no, I've freed you from all of this. Now you just get to live free of that and you get to live out my identity for you in Christ. This whole series that we've talked about with who do you think you are is that very thing. It's saying get rid of all the idols. It's saying get rid of all the items that you try to mark yourself with. Get rid of all the duties. Get rid of all the other things and other people and get rid of all the longings and get rid of all the sufferings and plant yourself right here in Christ and understand that I am am forgiven get rid of all the other things that you think bring so much happiness and go right here in christ i am blessed get rid of all the dysfunction that we have and trying to get closer and closer to people and go right here in christ i'm adopted and i'm a part of a bigger family Get rid of all the different things, all the talents, all the abilities that we're trying to accumulate, trying to do on this earth and stand right here in Christ and go, I'm gifted because I'm in Christ. God has wired me a certain way and he's wired me 
so that I can understand who I am and I can be a blessing to this world as I live out who I am in Christ. You see, my heart this week has been for each and every one of us in this church to understand that I am forgiven ends with a period, not a question mark. My prayer for each and every one of us this week is that we would begin to understand what it looks like to accept the freedom that's been given to us and then give away the freedom that we need to be given away. Accept the forgiveness that we've been given and give away the forgiveness. Begin to forgive the people that have wronged us. Begin to forgive the situation or the people that were in the situations that we were in and begin to live right in the place where God wants you to be in Christ as we walk out, as we become who we're supposed to be, as we stand up in who we are in our new identity, in our true identity, in our God-created identity. At the end of Matthew 5, Jesus says this. He says, grow up. He's saying, grow up into your God-created identity. Begin to live out who you are, living full and free and full of love. We've looked at it over and over through the series. But I think if there's anything that will hinder what God wants to do in your life, it's the period of the question mark. The question mark will sabotage everything you're trying to be and become. The period says this is who I am. Guys, if you want to come. Today my question for you is this. No matter what statement it has been, whether it's today's statement of I am forgiven, whether it's the statement of I am adopted, whether it's the statement of I am a saint, whether it's the statement of I am blessed, whether it's the statement of uh, where the I am loved, whatever the statement might be, are you putting a question mark or are you putting a period at the end of it? The reason why I think most of us put question marks at the end is because we can't really begin to understand how much God has freed us from and forgiven us of. In just a moment, the team's going to sing a song. It's a song you probably have heard on the radio if you listen to radio. But I don't want you to sing. I don't want you to stand. If you want to, you can look at the words on the screen because we put the words so you can see the exact words. But I want you to see how much you've been forgiven of. And how you don't need to allow your past to determine your future any longer. How you don't have to... Allow the debts that you have had that you needed to pay to be the thing that continues to block you from inheriting what God has for you in the future. Because you have a king that has forgiven you of all debts. And he's saying, go live free. Go live forgiven. Go live loved. And many of us, we walk out the door and we're reminded of a person. a person. Or we receive a text from somebody. Or we stand next to somebody or sit next to somebody at work. Or we sit next to somebody at school. And we're reminded of the pain that they've caused us. Or we pass them by as we're driving. And something inside of us wells up. This harshness, this bitterness, this anger, this envy, this selfishness. And all of a sudden... 
We're over here beating up the other serpent to get what we need. Because surely what the king has for us isn't enough. And surely what the king has for us isn't enough. And so we have to go over here and get what we need. And surely the king hasn't given us enough because if it was, then we could just give away what we need to give away. And we can extend what needs to be extended to those other people. Forgiveness is hard. I'm not saying I understand. I'm not saying I totally grasp it. But what I, what I read as I read God's word is this. He says, if you forgive others, then my Father in heaven will forgive you. And I can tell you, this is a struggle. Because I have to walk out these doors and I have to choose to live forgiven. And I have to choose to forgive other people. I have to choose to forgive people that have hurt me really, really bad. Because I have a story. And the story's ugly at times. Some of it's my doing, some of it's not my doing. Some of it's things that have happened to me. But God looks at me and goes, all is forgiven. I think what's powerful is when you and I can begin to live as forgiven people, then we can begin to forgive people. And when we begin to forgive people, people take notice. Something changes in their demeanor because something's changed in your demeanor towards them. All of a sudden, this wall that we had built up begins to crumble down. All of a sudden, there's this openness. All of a sudden, there's this vulnerability again. Because here's the thing I know. Even though that person might have robbed me from something, what God has put in me is so much better than the thing that was taken from me. And so I get to be completely taken care of by my father instead of completely taken care of by the thing that I need from this person. I get to be completely taken care of by my father instead of trusting in this thing that's rusting in the parking lot because we've had so much snow and salt, right? I get to trust that my father is going to be who he said he's going to be and that in Christ, I am forgiven. I am loved. I am blessed. I am a saint. I am adopted. I am everything that we've talked about. You are in Christ. So Father, today, would you use the words of these songs to challenge us to be willing to lay aside the things that have so, for so many years really held us captive. And God, I pray that today your love would be so strong in this room. That God, we would literally physically feel you wrapping your arms around us. Embracing us and loving us, forgiving us, showing us who we are in you. Showing us that everything we need is in you if we continue to remain there. Thank you, God, that we are forgiven. In Jesus' name.